Utah Utes and BYU football podcast, where two brothers, one a true blue BYU Cougars fan, the other a diehard Utah Utes fan, battle it out about BYU Cougars and Utah Utes football. I'm your host, C-Double. Let me introduce you to our battling brothers, our BYU fanboys, TC. Are you there? Rise and shout, I guess. (laughs) Very enthusiastic there. And our Utes diehard is K-Ray. Are you there? Oh, game for the fuss for the most part. So we actually missed a week because we have real lives outside of this podcast. K-Ray had to leave the country and a few other things came up. <clears throat> TC being too depressed <laughs> to talk about the game. Uh, but uh, the Holy War 2018 is in the books and it was an insane one. So we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, let's let's do winners go first. So let's start with you, K. Ray. Boy, Give us your thoughts. Boy, 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 what a game! What a game! Uh, as the uh, Fox announcer said, uh, a rivalry for the generation and a comeback for the ages. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how long he. I don't know how very long poetic. he that. But uh, <laughs> he said it as soon as Shelley ran into the end zone. So I actually thought it was pretty good timing, even if it was practiced. Uh, I mean, what a game, right? What, what, what a chapter. And that's easy for me to say because Utah came back and won. It's easy for me to say what a game. Uh, I spent most of the game very, very impressed with uh, BYU's defense. Much more impressed than I thought I'd be. They came out ready to play that game. They came out fired up. They came out ready. They uh, were not in any way uh, – Looking past this game, I'm not saying Utah was, but there may be some players that were. And they came to play. BYU, for the vast majority of that game, wanted to be there and wanted to win the game. I think that uh, they got a little conservative in the second half, um, which uh, aided the Utah comeback. I think the better team won, if I'm being honest. And I think that uh, uh, the pick six was a stage setter and uh, really kind of uh, pumped up the Utah team and, 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 and woke them up. Said, so, wait a minute, wait a minute. But, but, but even then, even then, BYU went down and scored again, and they were up by 20 points late in the third quarter. Uh, but I, I, I think I think by then uh, Utah had had woken up. I will say this: that drive after the pick six, that drive by BYU, uh, that catch by Bushman, uh, really really good stuff. I, mean, nah, I think that was their best drive of the season, if I'm being honest. Um, they, they they came back and said, "Great, you got the pick six, but guess what? It's not over." They came back, they scored a touchdown. Hadley ran it in um, on that on that little strange running play down there at the end zone and. Uh, I thought, uh-oh, Utah's run out of time. But uh, they scored 28 straight points um, into the third quarter, through the fourth quarter. Their best, maybe their best quarter of football all year. Uh, really, really an exciting, uh, good, nervous game. Exactly what you want in the rivalry. Yeah, yeah. 
Great, great uh, analysis there by a uh, winner uh, Utes fan. So uh, let's let's hear the other side. Let's jump over to TC. The game kind of kind of went the exact opposite as a lot of people predicted. Uh, a lot of people thought BYU would have another slow start, scratch and claw their way back into it. But it was actually BYU had the quick start and Utah who clawed their way back in. So give us your thoughts on on what this loss means to BYU and and kind of a BYU's fan take on it. Yeah, so game started off really great. I uh, can't really disagree with anything K-Ray said. Um, you know, when we f- scored that first touchdown in my head, I'm thinking, oh, that's just kind of an anomaly. You know, Utah's going to come back, and and, uh, and then the onslaught will begin. And then we got up, uh, you know, 13 nothing. I thought, oh, wow, well, you know, this, this is going to be a close game. And and then we were up 20 to nothing at halftime. And I still in my head thought, well, Utah's going to come back and win. And the first moment I actually thought we are going to win this thing is when we came out. And on Utah's first drive in the second half, it was a three and out. And I thought, we, we're, we're going to win this game. And like K. Ray said, that pick six was a total momentum changer and you and you can pinpoint exactly when everything changed and you can analyze that to death i think that pick six completely changed the mindset of the coaches and how they called the rest of the game they got way too conservative um i mean for logical reasons um uh and i think at that point utah kind of pinned their ears back and and they stole the the momentum and and yeah the next drive we came back and like harry said had this long drive but there was just this um you know that pick six just brought back you know all sorts of psychological damage to the team and i think the coaches went into conservative mode and and i'll tell you what i'll tell you what the the ultimate the ultimate gut punch was the end of the game. There's whatever, a minute and a half left, and all we need is a field goal to, to win. And it's third and two, and we run it up the middle for a yard, and then it's fourth and one, and we run it up the middle for no gain or a loss of a yard. And and I just I, – I cannot think of – a worse play call. Honestly, I just cannot think of a worse play call I mean, maybe to try it once, but to try it two times in a row and you're running right into the strength of the Utah defense. When the edge has been open all day, Wilson's been scrambling for six, seven, 10 yards all game. Why not do a bootleg or run him out to the side with, you know, Bushman parallel, give him the option to run or pass. Uh, that play call in and of itself, I mean, I don't want to be dramatic and use hyperbole, but that needs to cost somebody a job. I mean, that was, uh, that was just the worst play call I think of the entire season. And I could tell you, I remember when in 1994 or something, you know, we had grown up in Oklahoma. I remember Oklahoma losing on a two point conversion and I went outside in my yard and cried. And <laughs> I have not I have not felt so bad about a game up until 
that 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 Utah comeback. It was just for for BYU fans. <laughs> I would honestly, this makes. I mean, logically, this makes no sense. But true fans can relate to this. I would have rather have lost by thirty than than have the game and have it slip through our fingers like that at the very end. And it's just it's just a it's a gut wrenching loss and. You know, the, the positives are, you know, BYU started a bunch of freshmen. We were in a hostile environment. We came out firing. And there were some key injuries that probably, you know, played into the logic of getting more conservative on both offense and defense. But uh, it was just gut-wrenching. And, and you like to say, oh, we had all these young guys starting, and next year we'll get them. But, you know, that's that's kind of the story every year now for BYU, and it's – it's almost like you're not going to believe it until you actually see it. <laughs> yeah, that was about, about as bad as it gets. All right, so TC, you you mentioned something there. Uh, you mentioned Bushman. I think K-Ray had the secret to BYU's loss this entire season. He kept saying, you guys need to use Bushman more. You got to use him more, and, and BYU did. They hung their hat on him that game, and uh, – he kind of lost the game well, by doing that. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not fair to put it all well, on wait, him. Wait, wait, wait. What do you but, mean we lost uh, the game? I actually thought K-Ray had it right. I thought that was the only reason we were in the game because we went to him for so well, much. Well, look at the last drive, and uh, they oh. kept giving it to Bushman. It just wasn't happening. They couldn't get oh, first okay. down. Yeah, I mean, they may have gone so, to too much. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, 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 exactly. But I mean, that's that's not that's not why BYU lost. Uh, but I, I I will have to say, as an outsider, I mean, I gotta say, watch out for BYU in the next few years. I mean, this was definitely Wilson's best game. BYU had a great. I mean, they they will have a great team for the next few years if they can get their offense going. I mean, I'm not totally sold on Grimes yet. Like that, that last quarter was just dismal. Um, I mean, I will give him some of it, somewhat of a pass because it seemed like the moment Hadley got hurt, the offense sputtered. Uh, you know, the moment Kafusi went out in the game, the D struggled too. But I mean, that was just a brutal way to lose. It's just, it just does not get any worse than that. Uh, I mean, to get to get hopes up as a BYU fan about the entire game, then to have all those hopes crushed like that, yeah, that's that's ugly. But I mean, the bright side of it on BOU's perspective is that they, they, they have talent. They have talent to be a very good team so, over the next three so years. Let me just interject. But, one thing that I would, that I would agree with you there is, is the talent level is definitely there. I, I think this game demonstrated the, that, that there's, there's the, there's the narrative out there that Utah and BYU is, there's a huge talent gap. And again, every year it's coming down to one or two plays. And, and again, I think this game demonstrated that is a myth. And and K Ray, you can disagree, but I think the, I think the 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 exhibition that was played out on the field demonstrates there is not this huge talent gap. It comes down to coaching, and I think there's a coaching gap. I, I think Utah coaches just outfox yeah. us year in year out. And with, I think, relatively uh, equitable talent on both sides of the field. So I think that's where the gap lies. But, but K-Ray, feel free to disagree with me. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I think that um, I think that the 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 talent gap only comes from the depth, meaning mm. our our twos and threes uh, might be a little bit stronger than your twos and threes. Um, and the only reason I say that, and I, I was actually going to say that, I was, was going to say, well, we because we won the game with our backup quarterback and our backup running back. Um, but but even as I say that, I mean, this is your, this wasn't your quarterback that started the season, and it wasn't your running back that started the season. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I actually think I, I feel like BYU just could never find their identity at at running back. I feel like every week. It was someone else, which which may be a tribute to them, or maybe hey, what what, what, I mean, what happened to Squally Cannon? Was, was Squally hurt? Yeah, Squally, um, Squally's been hurt, and our other and our other running back was hurt. I mean, we were down to our fourth string running back. So, um, again, I I think uh, you know I I might agree with you there um, on the on the twos and threes. The depth is probably is probably a little bit better on Utah's side, but man, is it frustrating to watch the second stringers on Utah's team be former BYU players and, and making big plays out there. I'm speaking of Francis Bernard. <laughs> oh, he played and, and he played really well. He did. That came as well. He actually. did. Yeah. 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 I think that's pretty accurate. Now the, the, the being on the four string running back makes the call to run it up the middle even more baffling. I mean, I couldn't agree more with some of those play calls. It was just mind boggling. I, I don't know what in the world Grimes was thinking. I mean, that it made no sense. So I, I definitely understand that frustration there. Uh, but, you know, hats off to Utah. Just like you said, they, they won this game with their – with their second stringers and they came back from a huge, huge lead and having a, you know, having BYU having a huge lead. So props to them. And what's interesting is, you know, BYU kind of lost. You can kind of, kind of say they, that pick six turned the game around. That's a total rookie freshman mistake. Well, Shelly did the exact same thing against Washington in the PAC 12 championship game. So let's, let's move on and talk about uh, the PAC 12 game here. So Utah came off that win Versus BYU only to be beaten down like the dogs they are against the dogs of Washington. <laughs> the no, dogs they are. <laughs> I'm glad you're an impartial host for this game. <laughs> I love this podcast. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> All right. So tough loss there. Zero TDs. Okay, Ray, give us your take oh, on man. that game. So the Washington offense had the ball for 38 minutes of that game. And they did not score an offensive touchdown. Our defense played yeah. so well. Oh, my goodness. They played so well. Our defense allowed one field goal. Um, and uh, COC Mariner with that drop pass that, that jumped up into the air. And ah, oh, yeah. my goodness gracious. That, I mean, that poor guy. And. I, I, I feel so bad for him. I mean, I really wish he'd have caught the ball. Um, but I think the I think the forgotten drop was a couple plays before that when Donovan Thompson had a long ball from Shelley that was right in his breadbasket. Literally a perfect mm. throw. And and they ruled it a catch. Yeah. And Utah lined up and then they showed mm-hmm. they showed that other view and clearly he dropped it. 
and you wonder how the ref missed that. Oh wait, the refs missed a couple things, couple things in that game. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> you, you you wonder how they missed that, and uh, I think, oh man, we we we've forgotten about that drop. I think that was that was just as big, if not bigger, than the C.O.C. Mariner drop. I mean, the C.O.C. Mariner drop led to the only touchdown of the game, the crazy interception. It's interesting if 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 if, if you watch one of the angles of that interception. It's from the other side of the stadium. And so you can see the Utah coaching staff and the Utah players right behind uh, the, the Washington defender. And you can just see their body language just <laughs> collapse. It's like slow motion right in front of them. And um, it was just, and you just, you just kind of felt it. You just kind of thought, oh no, this is, this is, this is it. This, this is it. Uh, because, because nobody could score. And the offense was not scoring in that game. Um, yeah. Really disappointed in our execution at the end of the first half. Uh, we had the ball with a couple minutes left. We were driving. We had all three, yeah. we had all three timeouts and we just, I don't know what we were doing. I, I don't know what we were doing. I literally don't know what we were doing. That was unusually conservative or just bad clock management or something. Um, but yeah. that was that was really that was really poor, I thought. And kind of the same thing at the end of the game with 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 our clock management, although we we didn't really have the timeouts. So uh very, very difficult loss. Um yeah. There's nothing else to say. But what can I say? But a, a game that we feel like we feel like we could have easily won if it wasn't for a couple of, of drop passes. All right, TC, what were your thoughts on the Utes loss there? Uh, I thought it was two pretty evenly matched teams, and uh, you know, defensive uh, defensive battle, like K Ray said. Um, you know, one. I mean, the the pass by Shelley was actually a good pass. Like K Ray, that was perfect. It was uh, perfect. Yeah, he just kind of took took an odd yeah. bounce, and and then uh, and then the rest is kind of history. Now, um, I was I was really. Imp- I know we're talking about BYU and Utah, but man, Gaskin for Washington, I I was. I mean, that guy turned every three yard. Yeah. run into a five-yard run every five-yard run into a seven-yard run like he he has that last second surge and he's able to thrust his body for it and that just kept i mean k-ray mentioned how much time washington had the ball yeah. um man that guy is just uh, a hard charger and he he kept you know drives alive just by his sure uh i'm sorry just by his his sheer um you know, motivation to get that one or two extra yards. So uh, I, I think that was, I mean, in a very tight game like that, that could have been the difference because probably got, a, a you know, the few first downs they needed to keep the ball away from Utah. Um, now, look, I know Kerry doesn't want to mention this because it essentially <laughs> proves my point that I was trying to <laughs> Here we go. A couple Here of weeks he, he, he proves my point that I tried to make a couple weeks ago, which I was mocked for by the both of you. After you know, after the Oregon game, I said, you know, the the PI call, the phantom PI call in the end zone gave Utah the game, which it did. And I said, so Utah, you know, the Pac-12 officiating is horrible. Utah's going to get screwed in the future, so you can't really complain. And the K. Ray hasn't. He kind of alluded to it. But sure, <laughs> sure enough, 
That PI call, I mean, it was a PI. It was pass interference, period, dot, the end. The refs missed it. That should have been first down. Um, I mean, who knows if Utah scores, you know, from the 30-yard line with, you know, 25 seconds to go and no timeouts. But the fact of the matter is it was a missed call. I mean, Whittingham was fired up as rightly as he should have been. Um, it, it was just plain, simple missed call. I mean, the Pac-12 officiating – it's just bad. I mean, I didn't realize this. I was reading some articles on it, but there was like a, a big thing with Washington State USC where the general counsel of the Pac-12 had to go yeah. in and, uh, and officially overturn Pac-12 officiating calls. And something has got to change. I mean, it, it, they've had this um, they've had this label for for decades now and it just doesn't seem to be getting any better so i don't know k-ray you watch more pac-12 games than i do what is going on i don't know it's really bad it's really bad um it's really bad uh, i mean i you're cw you're you're, you're a pac-12 alumni from alum from arizona state it's bad i mean it's, it's just it's, it's, it's bad and there's calls like that and it's it's sad that, you know, as a Pac-12 kind of fan, you just get used to it. You just, I mean, they hurt and they sting him, but it's just like Witt said at the end, you know, he's, he's used to it. So it's like, yeah. it's bad. It's really bad. So he, and, and, and Sorry, go for it, Gary. I, I was just going to say that, that Larry Scott was booed mercilessly by both Washington and Utah fans at Levi Stadium when he was introduced to, 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 to hand out the, the – Pac-12 trophy to Washington. I'm sure it was Utah fans yeah, more yeah. than Washington fans, but I, I, from what I understand, it was both fans booing them. Hmm. Now, I rarely give Utah credit for anything, but I will say <laughs> they traveled really well to that game. You looked in the stands, it was like 4-1 to one Utah fans. And yeah, it was, yeah. al- al- albeit it was like the second lowest attended Pac-12 championship game yeah. ever. Yeah, um, yeah. But the fans that were there, I mean, it was it was a sea of red. So I got to give them credit for that. They they traveled pretty well and represented very very well. And um, and yeah, I mean, the thing with the Pac-12 officiating is, I don't think it's intentional. I think it's incompetence. Like there have been some really really questionable calls in other conferences uh i mean like a decade ago there was an sec game where i can't remember the team but it was you know it was either alabama or ford or somebody they just needed to win this last game against i think it was south carolina and um and essentially the refs gave gave the game away to the team that was undefeated and about to go to the national championship and it was it was so obvious that it was clearly intentional, and the, and those referees actually got suspended. You could say the same thing happened in North Carolina, Clemson a couple of years ago. I I just think in the Pac-12, it's incompetence. It's not intentional. I just don't think they're very good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what kind of training that, that they're putting them through, or what kind of you know resumes these guys have but it's it's bad they, they've got to do something about it it's it's getting it's bad when when literally a team can make an argument that they lost the pac-12 championship because of because of a wrong call like that's that's as bad as it gets i mean you gotta you like it they gotta make a change something's gotta happen you know, it's interesting. I, they, 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 they've got to do something different. They absolutely do. That play, I mean, in slow motion from behind, clearly pass interference. If you look at it from the front, from the angle of the closest ref, 
it is really hard to make that call because it's pretty close, especially from the front. Uh, clearly, it should have been PI. Um, but I, I, as as a Utah fan, I cannot blame the refs for this one. I have to blame our our conservative uh, play calling at the end of the first half, and then just an unlucky bounce on, on a catch that wasn't made. Yeah, and I I think Jalen Johnson. I think he's a cornerback for you guys. He actually yeah he actually tweeted out to you know the world. I guess when you tweet, you tweet to everybody. He said, "Stop complaining about the PI call." We, we we lost it, you know, um, and uh, so I actually thought that showed a lot of maturity uh, yeah. that, that maybe your head coach can pick up on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of attendance, what is the deal with, I mean, you look at every other conference championship game and, I mean, the stadium is packed. You look at the Pac-12 game and it looks like a freaking d3 game it's like what in the world is going on with the attendance is is it just the teams that are in it is it the the weather i mean what's your guys take on on the the status of the pac-12 i mean it's it's not good well the games in la um games in in san jose San santa clara san jose area so how far does utah and washington have to travel for that yeah, well, it's a distance, but so is Oklahoma to Dallas. I mean, I guess it's what closer. What? Yeah, I mean, I think I think to two two things. I and mean, f- first off, um, San Francisco or San Jose, Northern California. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's just not. You know, the 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 local fan base is not the the, the locals are not. Yeah, but that's true with every conference championship. I mean, uh, to an extent, uh, to a degree. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, if if, if you have the SEC championship in Atlanta, right? Is is that where where the SEC championship was? Yes, that's where it was. Yeah. I mean, those are that's 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 legitimately like football country, the South, right? And you got Alabama playing. Georgia, the SEC championship game in Georgia. I mean, that's that's just that's just gonna sell out. I mean, I think that. And the, the other thing was the other thing was Washington fans just didn't show up. I mean, I think they were just assuming a win, which they were right to assume because their team won, um, and uh, they, they they just they you know, they they weren't excited to. To, so to, to play Utah. teams aren't excited to play Utah. So so is this what you're saying? I'm saying I'm saying the Washington fans are overlooking Utah, and apparently they were right to overlook us. Well, I I think K Ray's first explanation is is you know San Jose. You don't think college football when you think San Jose. Yeah, I mean, for sure, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, you know, the, the reality is 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 the South is you know that I mean it, football is more part of the culture there. It's just you know you mm-hmm. you kind of live and breathe it and um. You know, it's funny. We, growing up in Oklahoma, we were told, you know, the the uh, the missionaries there are not allowed to proselytize during Oklahoma games because you knock on the door during an Oklahoma game, you're 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 creating bad blood instead of <laughs> building bridges. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just taken more seriously. So that that probably has more to do with it than anything else. So it's uh, regional just, regional culture. Then that's that's your take on it. I would say so, yeah, yeah. But again, yeah. I give props to Utah. They they had a lot of fans there. 
Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they traveled well. Yeah. Well, it's their first Pac-12 championship game, and you kind of expect that. Yep, All yep. right, so the Bulls have been set. BYU is headed to the Blue Tundra again to play against Western Michigan in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. TC, is this where BYU should have ended up? Yeah, probably. I mean, they're 6-6. Six and six. Um, There were some rumors out there that BYU kind of signaled to ESPN, hey, we want an easy matchup so we can, you know, build some momentum and get a winning season because there were, there were some – you know, projections that we were going to face, um, you know, Houston in a bowl or, uh, you know, a couple of, a couple other teams that, you know, realistically, I think if BYU goes up against Houston, we, we probably don't win them. Um, and so, you know, Western Michigan is a winnable game. You want to, you do want to build some momentum. And frankly, the coach is probably, He's probably not worried about his job, but a winning season looks much better on a resume than a losing season in the grand scheme of things. And um, regardless if any of that is true or not, I mean, they're a six and 16 and, you know, Idaho is close to home. So fans will actually be able to go to the game if they want. Um, And Western Michigan is a seven and five team. They were six and six last season. They kind of got locked out of a bowl. So um, they should definitely be motivated. Uh, they have a really good running attack. Um, and that, again, that, I think that kind of plays well into Utah's, I'm sorry, into BYU's defense. So I think this is, a, this is a definitely a winnable game. And, um, you know, looking forward to it. And uh, I would have loved for them to, have, you know, come out east and played in some bowl so I could have had the chance to go see them. But, um yeah, I think this is about right for them, and um, and and a win would build momentum for next year and get get another game under Wilson's you know uh, experience and uh, and go from there. All right, K rate. Did they get it right sending BYU to the Spud Bowl? Nah, you know what? I I I think so. I think actually BYU probably deserves um, to play a more well-known opponent. I, I, I hadn't heard what um, that, that theory um, the TC just expounded that they kind of requested maybe a, a, a uh, mid-major team, um, a lower mid-major team. Uh, so I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's winnable. I think Billy's going to come out fired up, ready to go and uh, finish, finish through the season, a seven and six a season in which they change quarterbacks. They, they change running backs a couple of times um, uh, still, still breaking in their offensive coordinator um, and uh, future looks uh, potentially bright with, with a nice win. All right. So let's talk about Utah headed to the holiday bowl to play uh, Northwestern. Okay. Ray, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, I think Utah fans are pretty excited about this. Actually, we were worried we we're going to go to the, to the sun bowl, which <laughs> yeah, have, have you, Having lived in El Paso for a number of years, that doesn't bother me because um, I, I there's really really good food in El Paso. Um, <laughs> but uh, despite uh, my own personal desire for some good Mexican food, I'm really excited uh, to go to the Holiday Bowl. We're you know we're, we're playing Northwestern, who also lost the Big Ten Conference Championship, which is you know you you you, you join the Pac-12. That's that's what you like. That's what you expect. You want to see um, Pac-12. Versus Big Ten, you know that kind of traditional 
um, rivalry that they that that's headlined in the Rose Bowl. So um, I think I think Utah fans, I know I am. I know I'm really excited about it. I admit I have not seen Northwestern play this year at all. Um, they kind of surprised some people by making it to the Big Ten championship game. Um, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to figure out who they are and 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 how good they are. But um, Holiday Bowl, uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, really, really couldn't have worked out better. Could not have worked out better with the exception of the Rose Bowl. Um, so I think Utah fans are excited. I, I know I am. All right, TC, what say on uh, the Holiday Bowl? Uh, yeah, I was surprised that Utah was taken over Oregon. Or were they taken over Stanford too, I think? I mean, th- those are teams that I th- that, you know, traditionally I think would uh, – be taken over, but I think that proves that Utah is starting to kind of get a, a name for itself on the national scene. And, and the fact that they went to the Pac-12 championship, I think that would be really hard to overlook um, as kind of the next team selected from the Pac-12. I think Washington state might have a, a, a gripe with, you know, with where they ended up, but yeah, this is, yeah. this is where Utah deserves to play. I mean, they finished second in the Pac-12 and, um, you know, Northwestern finished second in the Big Ten, so I think it's a, I think it's a fair matchup. Um, I think Utah will probably be slightly favored. I haven't looked at any lines or anything yet, but you know, Northwestern is not you know uh, you know every every now and then they produce a, a legit team, and I think this is one of those years they actually were beating Michigan in the fourth quarter this year, and um, it looked like. Ohio State was going to run away with the game, and then and then Northwestern came back a little bit and gave them and gave them a battle. I think the I think Ohio State ended up winning by twenty, but the 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 game was actually a lot closer than the score reflected. So, um, but Northwestern's also had some man. They had a really questionable loss early on in the season. I don't know if any of you guys have access to ask access to their schedule at your fingertips, but they, they I can't remember who it was, but. They, uh, man, it seems like they're a team that can play with anybody, but they could also lose to anybody. Um, so I, th- I think it'll be an interesting game, but um, I-, I think Utah should win this and uh, by ten points, and um, and again build on build on momentum for next year. So um, now I I got to ask this: Is Shelly? Uh, I'm sorry, I know Shelly's a freshman. Is Huntley a senior, or is Huntley coming back? No, Huntley's coming back. Huntley's a junior. So Zach Moss. The question is, does Zach Moss come back? The question is, Huntley play in the bowl? They're saying he may come back and play in the bowl game. I'm, I'm not sure I like that. I think, wow. I feel like Shelley's, I feel like Shelley's playing really well. Let's keep him going. So I think I think you guys are going to have a full blown quarterback controversy on your hands because Huntley was playing as good as any quarterback in the country at the peak. You know, right right after he went out. And now Shelley's come in and and hasn't, you know, I, I don't think he was playing to the the level that Huntley was, but but he, you can see the potential is there to even be better than Huntley. So yeah, uh, yeah. man, I, I don't, I mean, that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough decision. You know, who do you go with? Um, and a few years ago, if you remember, they went they went with Huntley over who was it that they went with Huntley over? Who was a senior at the time and was voted captain? Thompson. Yeah, that's right. Thompson. That, yeah. That's right. And so yeah. you have a situation like that where it's kind of like, yeah, yeah we got to go with the <laughs> reverse. <young> <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 
Yeah, it's, it's a good question. And to get back, get back to your point about uh, Northwestern, they lost to uh, the Akron Zips, the mighty Akron Zips. Uh, but then, then they only lost to Michigan by, by, by three points, and they beat Michigan State. So you're right. Yeah, and I think Akron has, what, a three and nine record or something? No, they're bad. They're bad. <laughs> they're really bad. Yeah, so, I mean, again, it's, you know, what, t- what team are you going to get? It's, it's uh, you know, clearly they're, they won their division in, in the Big Ten, and, um, you know, they uh, – I, I mean, I think it's an interesting parallel. I think Northwestern Utah kind of had, um, you know, a bit of a similar season, same record, I think, and, you know, they were both kind of the underdogs going into their conference championship, and they, they both lost close games, so it should, should be a good matchup. All right, so who got screwed on their bowls? Well, give, give us your thoughts. Like uh, Washington State, a lot of people are talking about them, how they got really screwed, headed to the Alamo Bowl with only two losses. Uh, you got well, Utah, Utah State, another two-loss team that ends up in the New Mexico Bowl. Yeah, you know, I think, I think that uh, Washington State's playing Iowa State. That's unfortunate, and... Uh, I think Utah State has North Texas, right? Uh, Utah State, they were almost, they were talking of a New Year's Six Bowl, and now they're playing North Texas. That's kind of a bummer. That's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, well, if that's the respect that, you know, the, the third place in the Mountain West gets, you know, I kind of understand BYU's perspective on going independent. So, uh, that's brutal. Now, yeah. real quick, real quick, Arizona State, Fresno State, yeah, the double. That's your that's that's your school. And Fresno State is actually favored to win that game. So what? Oh what, yeah, they're what gonna think of that. Yeah, they're gonna win. It, yeah, ASU's way overrated in that game. I mean, they. Pff, I don't even know why they thought that was a good matchup. Maybe it's just because it was Vegas. A lot of ASU fans will go. Nikhil Harry isn't even playing. He's already getting ready for the draft. So. Yeah, we'll lose that one. <laughs> I don't see us winning that one at all. Now, I think we should go into the final playoffs and what we predicted. But before we do, I did look up the spreads. Uh, Utah is favored by a touchdown versus Northwestern. And BYU is favored by about 11, 12 points versus Western Michigan. Yeah, sounds, about oh, wow. right. sounds about right. Wow. Yeah, sounds about right. That's true. All right, let's go into our final predictions for the national championship winner and uh, give us your Heisman Trophy winner prediction. Well, okay. First off, let me just say, at the beginning of the season, my four teams were Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame. I got two out of four correct, and I don't think anybody thought Notre Dame was going to go. It's true. Um, yeah, it's true. It's true. I called that. I called that. Um, I actually think Clemson's going to win the whole thing. I think. Um, I think Georgia uh, kind of drafted a blueprint on how to beat Alabama. Um, and uh, man, that freshman quarterback for Clemson looks really good. And I think. Um, I think. Uh, Man, I don't know who wins Alabama, Oklahoma. Alabama is favored by two touchdowns, so I really want to say Oklahoma, but um, but yeah, their defense is not great. Uh, but I could see a Clemson-Alabama rematch. With, uh, I think Clemson is going to win it all. 
I'll 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 give you I'll give you props for putting Notre Dame in there. That was that was a really good pick. I had Alabama, Clemson, uh, Penn State, and Washington, and I got two of the four correct as well. My two were easy. Uh, I I I think I think Alabama takes it. I I, you know, I I agree. Georgia played well. I think the Citadel broke Alabama. Even though I think I'm taking Alabama to win it, the Citadel tied at halftime with the Crimson Tide. Oh, yeah. Showed them. You punch them in the mouth. They 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 take a step back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I, I do think Alabama wins. I actually think Georgia is maybe maybe the best or the second best team in the country. If you want the truth, man, they should have won that game. Holy yeah. cow! Fake punt, fourth and nine. Yeah. Holy cow! What, what is this, man? Is Kalani coaching this team? Crazy call, man. That was a crazy call. But boy, what, what, what? what? Jalen Hurts, man, he stepped in and showed why he was, yeah. why he played uh, so well before Tua, um, why he was the starter before Tua. Um, I think, I think Alabama takes. I would, I would love to see. I would love to see Clemson win. They, they're kind of flying under the radar, aren't they? They're kind of just assume they'd get in there. And nobody's been yep. talking about them. Yep. Um, I, I, Notre Dame, Notre Dame does not deserve to be there, man. Oklahoma is uh, deserves to be there. Georgia is so much better than Notre Dame. It's not even funny. It's, it's almost criminal that they're in there. This is why we need an eight team or at least a sixteen playoff. Now, I've been saying you need an eight-team playoff. You take the winner from each conference, and then you take the best non-Power 5 team and then two at-large berths, and you would have the top eight teams in there right now. Now, I will say this. Yep. Yep. I will say this. I can make a legitimate argument for UCF because you can't tell me which team is better than them. You can't tell me that because you (laughs) And, and 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 you can't tell me which team is better than Alabama, Notre Dame, or Clemson. But for any other team in the entire college football season, I can tell you which team is better than that team. But you cannot say that for UCF. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly right. Undefeated record. You cannot. You can't say it's better. That's absolutely true. Yeah, I think they lost a lot of their steam. I mean, as far as like the attention goes, getting into getting into the playoffs once their quarterback got hurt, people just like, okay, they're not getting in. But they they still won out. So yeah. It would be it would be a whole lot of fun to see an eight team playoff. Absolutely. So all I know is I picked Wisconsin to be in the final four this year. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> that one was way off. But I, <laughs> I know I had Alabama, Clemson. I don't even remember who my third one was. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, I think Clemson takes it this year. They are just dominating, dominating every game. And I think you see a lot of cracks in uh, Alabama. Even Nick Saban sees them. Yeah, so he he voted Clemson number one. So, <laughs> uh, all right. So Heisman winner. Who do you guys got? I well, got Tua. I got Tua. I think it's easy. I got. I, I got Tua. I would like to see uh, uh, someone else win it, but I Tua. I think he's been too good. All right. Well, I'm going to disagree. I think, and I cannot believe midway through the season we had a discussion on the Heisman, and we all said Tua, and we said no one else is going to emerge. Two guy, two brothers from Oklahoma who watch every Oklahoma game every every Saturday. We didn't even think of Kyler Murray. I, yeah. I, I yeah. Think, I think Kyler Murray wins it because Tua proved he's not even the best quarterback on his team, much less the best, much less the best player in the country. I mean, yeah. 
his, his statistics versus Georgia were horrible. Um, his his completion percentage was bad. His, his yards was bad. He threw an interception. Um, and, yeah, I get it. You're playing an SEC defense. But, I mean, if you're, if you're the best player in the country, you step up and you make the moment happen. And I think the Heisman moment of the season was that winning touchdown that Kyler Murray threw to his tight end, and he made the one-handed catch. And if Kyler Murray wins that, he needs to chip a piece off of the trophy and give it to that tight end. <laughs> yeah, seriously, right? <laughs> well, I think I think TC, you you kind of mentioned this, you know, when we were te- texting earlier this week about the Heisman is no longer really the best player in college football. It's now become like the best player on the winning team on the championship team, basically. So. I think to his injury, that's, that's going to hurt his chances. I literally think he's – that killed his Heisman Trophy chances right there. I, I say Kyler Murray wins it. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, that injury was a killer. I think I think the voting could be as close as we've seen in a long time. Um, it, it, it actually, we will we will watch the, the Heisman Trophy presentation with some semblance of anticipation this year. Yeah, finally, right? Yeah. How many votes does Chase Hansen get? That's my question. How many votes does Chase Hansen get? <laughs> <laughs> One from K Ray. How about, how about Matt Gay, our kicker? Come on, man. We got to get a vote somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when is a kicker going to win Heisman? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, All right. Is that it? Anything else you guys want to throw in? Oh. Should be a fun bowl season. Should be fun. Yep, some good matchups. Boomer yeah, Sooner and uh, go Cougars. All right. <laughs> Boomer Sooner and go Utes. <laughs> All right. We are out until who knows when. <laughs> After the bulls, right? right? We got to have a bull wrap-up show. Bull wrap up show. All right. We'll meet you back up after the bull wrap up show. <laughs> if you don't leave the country again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. We are out. Peace. All right. Out. Uh.